Social Zoom Factor, episode 133. Driving results in business these days takes something special. It's a combination of the right info and the right energy. Pam Moore has both and is here to help you avoid the pitfalls and guide your business and life by leveraging and integrating social media, powerful branding, and digital marketing. Welcome to Social Zoom Factor. Now it's time to live life Zoomed. Does your current website or blog got you down? Do you need a better hosting platform to help your business zoom turbo versus speeds that are slow and holding you back? No need to look any further than our partner HostGator. Have an existing site? No worries. They can seamlessly transfer your existing site for free and have you zooming turbo in no time for as little as $4 a month. Check them out at HostGator.com and save 30% on new hosting packages using the coupon code Zoom or simply go to socialzoomfactor.com slash hostgator. Are you ready to turn your social media management, engagement, and collaboration efforts to turbo? Our new partner, Sprout Social, empowers marketers to engage, measure, and work smarter, not just harder, when it comes to social media. Check them out at www.sproutsocial.com. Hey there, Zoomers, and welcome to Social Zoom Factor. This is your host, Pam Moore. Today, we are talking a little geeky. So we're going to talk about adoption of technology. And what we're going to dig into is the Jeffrey Moore technology adoption life cycle. And if you've ever taken a college-level course in marketing and business marketing, you likely have heard of this model. And the purpose for today's podcast is to talk about why you need to understand yourself, your customers, your community members. You need to understand where they are in the adoption of technology. And this is so important, particularly when you are prioritizing what social networks you are going to invest in and where you're going to spend your time. Where are you going to invest and distribute your content? Where are you going to have those conversations online? What technologies are you going to adopt and inspire your audience, your customers, your partners to do the same? You need to know where they stand. You need to know what they're thinking. You need to know how they are embracing these new technologies. So The podcast today is not going to be that long. What I'm really wanting to do is to help you think about these things, and I want to inspire you to then go do some further research on your own. And if you've ever heard me speak or train in the last couple years, there's probably at least a 60 to 75% chance you may have seen me share this model and talk about the Jeffrey Moore technology adoption life cycle. So you can go and grab any of my slides that are up on SlideShare, and I will include a link to a couple of those uh, in the show notes 
page for this episode at socialzoomfactor.com slash 133. So you will be able to look at a visual model of exactly what I'm talking about. And you can also go do a search on Google just about anywhere. And I guarantee you will find information on this. Now, let me give you just a little bit of history. And what I have done is I pulled up the Wikipedia page and I just did a search for Jeffrey Moore technology adoption life cycle. Okay. So let's, let's dig into this a little bit. And this comes directly from Wikipedia. So here we go. The technology adoption life cycle is a sociological model that is an extension of an earlier model called the diffusion process. Did you know that? It was originally published in 1957 by Joe Bolin, George M. Beale, Everett Rogers at Iowa State University, and which was originally published only for its application to agriculture and home economics. I bet you didn't know that, did you? The original purpose was to track patterns of hybrid seed corn by farmers. So that's quite a bit different than where we are today because back in 1957, they weren't worrying about Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat, now were they? So Beal, Rogers, and his buddy Bolin together developed a model called the Diffusion process. And later, Everett Rogers generalized the use of it in his widely acclaimed book called Diffusion of Innovations. It's now in its fifth edition. So describing how new ideas and technologies spread in different cultures. Okay, so then it goes on to talk about this and it talks about the normal distribution or bell curve because this model is a bell curve. And the model indicates that the first group of people to use a new product is called innovators, followed by early adopters. Then next come the early and late majority. And the last group to eventually adopt a product are called laggards. Okay. So the demographic and psychological or psychographic profiles of each adoption group were originally specified for the North Central Rural Sociology Committee for the study of the diffusion of farm practices. Okay, so all of this comes from farm practices and the study of those. So originally the report summarized the categories as innovators, early adopters, which they said were younger, more educated, tended to be community leaders, less prosperous, Early majority was more conservative, but open to new ideas, active in community, and influence to neighbors. Late majority were older, less educated, fairly conservative, and less socially active. Laggards were very conservative. They had small farms and capital, oldest and least educated. Now, when we look at the innovators at the very start of this, they had larger farms. They were more educated. They were more prosperous and they were risk oriented. Okay. That's a key difference. So now there were some adaptations of this model and the model has spawned a huge range of adaptations that extend the concept or apply it to different domains of interest. Okay. And this is where Jeffrey Moore comes in. So he has a book called Crossing the Chasm that proposes a variation of the original life cycle. And he suggested that for discontinuous or disruptive innovations, that there is a gap between the first two adoption 
adopter group. So between the innovators and the early adopters, there is a gap or what he calls a chasm. And that's why his book is called Crossing the Chasm. So in educational technology, Lindy McEwen has provided a similar model describing the uptake in education. Okay. And Wikipedia talks about all different examples of how people have done different things with this, but I don't have time today in this podcast And I promise you that this was going to be a little bit on the shorter end. So I don't have time to dig into the details of this model. This is a whole class or, you know, I had taken classes back in college where we studied this for almost an entire semester or more. But I want to just inspire you to do some digging on this. And I want you to understand why this matters to your business, why this matters to your marketing, why this matters to what technologies you are using when it comes to social media. Because I'm seeing some fear mongrels out there who are pushing fear on business leaders and stating things like you are not authentic unless you're adopting this new technology or you're not authentic if you aren't using a specific type of communication medium. Okay. That cannot be further from the truth. You need to figure out what is the right technology? What is the right social network? What is the the right uh, communication mediums for you to inspire and connect with your audiences? And one of the key data inputs you need in making those decisions is understanding where yourself and where your employees, where your leadership, where, where the people within your company are and adopting technology? What is the mindset that they have? Are they innovators? Are they early adopters? Are they early majority? Are they late majority? Or are they laggards? Okay, same thing goes for your customers. Same thing goes for your partners. Same things go for anybody that you are wanting to communicate with utilizing social media, utilizing content marketing, utilizing any communications platform. Let's try to put this in a nutshell for you. Let's use a scenario where we are talking about your internal team. So we are talking about your leadership, your internal employees, your maybe social team. You need to know where they stand. Okay, so let's let's say you're trying to get approval for your social media budget and plan and you know what you're doing. Okay, so hopefully you have a plan, you have goals, you have objectives, you know your audience, you know, all the things I've talked to you about in my 130 plus podcasts and 600 plus blog posts I've been putting out there for the past four years. You know your stuff. Now, the next thing you need to know are the people that you need to get buy-in for your plan. So if you are taking your plan into your executive office or to into a boardroom and you need to get their buy-in, you better as heck know, are they an innovator and a tech enthusiast or are they a skeptic? Are they a conservative who needs to have data telling them that this is already proven, okay? If you have skeptics who are laggards in adopting technology, who are laggards in adopting and taking on anything that is risky, the last thing you want to do when you walk in to that room to 
attempt to get approval from them for your budget, for your plan, to get them on board with what you're doing is to share with them that you were the first in your industry to do what you're doing. Okay, that is going to freak them out, my friends. It is going to make them want to just end that meeting now and say, you know what? We are not ready to talk about your plan, Pam. I'm sorry, but we need to wait until this is proven. And in the back of their mind, they're thinking, lady, you are crazy. Okay, you don't know what you're doing. I can't believe you're even wanting us to take this much risk. Okay, you need to know that. So if they're a skeptic, you need to come in there prepared with some case studies. You need to find other people in your industry that are already doing the things that you're proposing. You need to show how it's already proven and working. Now, if it's something that's brand new and there are no case studies, there is nobody in your industry doing this, and you're trying to break new ground, you're going to need to find a different approach to get some of those skeptics and laggards and conservatives on to buying into your plan. Okay, so here, now let's flip, let's change gears a little bit and let's flip over to the tech enthusiasts, to the innovators. They like new stuff. They are okay with taking risk. They like to be the first to try something, okay? So tech enthusiasts and visionaries, they want to be there before everybody else. And so what you need to do is find those tech enthusiasts, find those innovators within your team, within your leadership team, within your company somewhere that you can get to help you build the plan and get buy-in. You need to have some of these people on board before you walk in that executive meeting or before you walk in that boardroom trying to get approval. And then, you know, as you look at the bell curve and we look at visionaries, we look at pragmatists, pragmatists are going to want to not be late, okay? They don't want to be late to market. They want to be ahead of the conservatives and the skeptics, but they still want to see it's it's safe. They don't want to take a ton of risk, okay? Now, with the visionaries, they'll take on a little bit more risk. They're earlier on that curve, but they need to see that there's an upside. They need to see that the tech enthusiasts and the innovators have already you know kind of bought into this. So the influencers that they're looking at in the industry that take leadership in the space for technology that you can point out some key blog posts or videos or podcasts of, you know, maybe some of the leaders who are buying into these things already and using them. So one good thing to do would be to identify some of the influencers and the tech enthusiasts and the innovators and even the visionaries who can be trusted within your industry. So who can you trust? And who can you turn your executive management, your team members, anybody who you need to get buy-in internally to your program, who can you tune them into to listen to? Because it's a lot better for people to hear it from somebody else and not just you. You continuing to walk in the boardroom, walk in the executive meeting, walk in the team meetings, always bringing your PowerPoint presentation saying, you know what, we've got to do this, you people. Like, come on, we need to do this now. Okay, that's not going to get you very far. You need to, to get to a place where other people are part of your voice, where you are backed up and you are validating what you are saying by other people in the industry, by tech enthusiasts, by visionaries, by pragmatics, and even the conservatives 
if you have skeptics within your company that you need buy-in, but they don't want to buy-in and you're having difficulty because of their adoption of technology, then you are going to need to show them some case studies from conservatives and from pragmatists because those are the people that once they see them start to get on board, then they're going to start listening. Okay, so I know we've talked uh, a little bit about internally what you can do to leverage the Jeffrey Moore technology adoption lifecycle. We are now going to shift gears to talking externally about how to do the same with your customers and how you can prioritize what social networks you are going to jump into and leverage the most based on all of the above. But before we do that, we need to hear a few words from our sponsors because they are what keeps the Social Zoom Factor podcast rocking. I will be right back. Smart digital marketers know they must proactively discover, inspire, and interact with their customers on social media. Sprout Social puts turbo social marketing power in your hands with a platform that is both powerful and user-friendly. It simply gets out of the way and empowers brands to easily listen, engage, proactively respond, measure, and most importantly, nurture relationships with both new fans and loyal brand evangelists. Sprout Social is a platform that can help you achieve business results. If you want to truly connect with your online community and start streamlining your social engagement, start with a free 30-day trial of Sprout Social today. Check them out at www.sproutsocial.com. Again, that's sproutsocial.com. Would you like to get your business Zooming Turbo online, but don't know where to start? Is website development not your thing? Check out HostGator.com for all of your hosting needs. They have easy one-click WordPress installs or drag and drop website builders. If you need even more help, their website design, setup, SEO, and even managed services can have you Zooming in no time. We have been hosting our own and client sites at HostGator for years, and I can personally validate that their service by far beats out their competition. With one little tweet, email, or chat conversation, they are there and ready to help you Zoom or resolve any issues that may come up 24-7, 365 days of the year. HostGator has the capacity to grow with you and scale when and how you need them to without headache or costing you a fortune. Check out HostGator.com today and save 30% on new hosting packages with coupon code Zoom or simply go to socialzoomfactor.com slash HostGator. Again, that's social zoomfactor.com slash hostgator. I'm back. Let's get to work. Okay. So the exact same thing goes for your customers and for your partners. So we've talked so far about how you can take a look at your internal team, your internal stakeholders, and why it's so important where they are in the adoption of technology. Now let's shift gears and let's talk about our customers. Let's talk about our partners. Who are your customers? Okay, who are the people you are wanting to connect with? Who are you wanting to build community with? Who are you wanting to inspire and have a conversation with online? Who are you wanting to read 
read your tweets, to listen to your podcast, to watch your video, to watch your live stream video, if it's on Periscope or Meerkat or Ustream, whatever it may be, who is on the other end of that technology? You better understand them before you start pushing content to them, okay? And before you start choosing what social networks you are going to use, what technology you're going to use, because the same exact thing goes. If you have skeptics who have not adopted some of these technologies, the last thing you want to do is put them on an app and only deliver content via a device, via a mobile platform that they have to download like a Periscope app in order to watch your content. What is the chance that your content is ever going to get seen by your ideal target audience if they have not adopted those technologies and they are a skeptic and they are far from adopting those technologies? Your chance is close to zero, okay? So you may want to jump on that new platform so that you can be a tech enthusiast, so that you are an innovator, so that you are a visionary. But that doesn't mean it should be your top priority if your goal is to serve your audience, if your goal is to connect with your audience and achieve your business goals with that audience. You need to figure out where your audience is hanging out online. Where are they going to be hanging out next online? What is that social network that they are soon going to be adopting? And how can you make sure you are there providing them relevant, contextual, and valuable conversation and content? That is what you need to figure out. So you need to know if they are a tech enthusiast, if they have jumped on to the latest, greatest social network, whatever that may be, if it is Periscope and you know your ideal customer is there, then you better figure out how you're going to get there, possibly. You need to do your research and know, is that the right medium for you to communicate with them? But you also need to take into account what's happening in your own organization. Is your own organization ready for that technology? And based on some of those answers, it's going to help you prioritize it because it could be that some of your market is early are in early innovators and they are adopting a new technology or a new platform but it could be that the amount of your audience or the certain demographic or the persona of your audience only a small percentage of them are actually there. And if you combine that with the fact that maybe the majority of your internal um, employees and team and marketing processes and the list goes on are really more pragmatists or conservatives, then it may not be necessary that you jump on that new social network overnight and you're working long weekends so that you can go get yourself on Periscope, okay? You need to integrate new technologies into your social media, social business, and marketing plan. You don't need to make them happen over a weekend. Now, one of the next questions we get is, okay, Pam, I have a ton of skeptics in my organization, or I have a ton of skeptics and conservatives in my target ideal customer segments. How can I move them to maybe be more pragmatist? How can I get them to at least start paying attention on some of these platforms where I want them to be? Okay, so I want you to focus here on value. Don't focus just on the platform. 
figure out what is the best platform that you can provide the most value and then start there. Because let's say you have an email list. Okay, so we have an email list that's over 40 thousand names. And I can send an email to our list, inviting them, the people on the list to come check out content on a certain platform. Okay. Because my audience trusts me because the people on my email list trust me and they know that I provide them valuable content. That is why they have subscribed to receive email updates from me. Almost any social network or medium that I invite them to, they come and join me. Why? Because of the content that I'm providing. So why do you think our Social Zoom Factor podcast from day of launch just took off? Okay, it was a brand new medium for many, many people. But the reason that it works is because I have established relationships and trust and authority and credibility with my audience, with my subscribers, with the people in our community. And I'm leading them on a daily basis and providing them content that help them achieve their goals in both business and life. So a lot of this starts with where are your relationships with your audience? How much do they trust you? And how valuable is the content that you're providing to them? Because if you're not to date providing content to them that is helping them achieve their goals in business and or life, then the chance of them hopping on a new social network just because it's the next best thing, if they are a skeptic or they're a conservative, they're not going to jump over there with you. Okay, but if they have been following you, they have been subscribed to your email list, they see you providing relevant content to them on a regular basis, then they are going to follow you. They're going to go jump ship and say, hey, I'll go check you out on Periscope or I'll go check you out on your podcast, Pam. You know, I've never downloaded a podcast before, but I'll go subscribe on iTunes. We have many, many people that hopped onto iTunes and listen to our podcast now every day that it comes out on their way to work or home from work or on the bus, on the trolley, wherever they are across the globe. That's powerful, my friends. And that comes from providing content that connects people. Now, one more example would be, let's say that you have a serious internal problem of adoption of technology and particularly around social media. And maybe you have some executives who you really wish you could just get on board and they're not tweeting, they're not really doing Facebook and you need their buy-in because you are not going to get your budget approved until you get their buy-in. Trust me, this happens with a lot of our clients. So one example that I'm going to tell you, you can do. What executive doesn't like to talk about their business, their customers, and a little bit about themselves? Okay. What you need to do is figure out a medium that they're comfortable talking on and bring them onto that medium. What executive is not comfortable talking on the phone? And many business leaders and executives are very comfortable in front of the camera. So if your team members that you need to get on board are comfortable with a phone, comfortable with a camera, do a teleseminar. Okay, do a teleseminar, do a video. We have done this with some very large Fortune 50 brands where we have brought on executives who were not comfortable with anything to do with social media. 
but we brought them onto a teleseminar and we turned that into a webinar. We brought them onto a Google Hangout. And what we did is have a live Twitter chat at the same time, for example. And so what happens is we have that skeptic or that conservative talking via telephone. So that's via a communication mechanism that they feel comfortable with. And we are sharing what they're saying. Of course, they know about it through the other more social platforms. And in this scenario, we have worked with some of these large brands and they have we have had a Twitter chat at the same time that winds up going pretty viral because the things that the executive has to say are oftentimes really, really good and people want to hear from that executive. And so when you share that type of content on Google Plus or you share it you know, on a Google Hangout or you're sharing it on a Twitter chat or a Facebook chat, and you can bring them into the medium in a way that they feel comfortable through audio or through visual, it opens their eyes to the power of that platform that they didn't even understand before they got on the phone for that call that day. But when they start to see their name in tweets and 140 character conversations, the light turns on my friend. And then they're like, whoa, everybody's talking about me on Twitter. I'm like the Twitter machine. And before you know it, budgets are getting approved. People want to know what's up. How did you get that EVP to buy into your program? And we have seen careers truly just jet set. We have seen executives just that light turn on. So you need to understand where your team is, whether they are entry level all the way up to an executive in your boardroom, figure out where they are in adopting technology because it could be you are simply having the wrong conversation with them. You're telling them to check out this new technology and they may be scared to death of it. Or they may be a new tech enthusiast and you're trying to show them all these case studies and they just want to make sure they're new to market on something. They want to beat out their competition. So you need to figure out where they are in the adoption of technology. So I hope that this podcast today helped you. I know this is a little difficult to explain and to understand with just audio, but I know so many of you are audio learners. I encourage you to check out some of the other visual resources that I will make sure are available to you on the show notes page. Just go to socialzoomfactor.com slash one 33. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you hanging with me on the Social Zoom Factor podcast. That's a wrap. If you're ready to Zoom your business and Zoom your life, then don't let the end of this episode be the end of your journey. Visit socialzoomfactor.com slash Zoom for incredible free resources and guides. And be sure to join the Social Zoom Factor mailing list so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next time on Social Zoom Factor.